With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. See, the good thing about his beard, though, is if he does lose it, it will grow back, unlike Dolly Parton's boob. What's up, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I am joined, as always, by my trusted co-host, the giving away his jersey to Dwayne Wade, Eric Silver. Eric, how's it going? You have me confused with Kevin Herter again, and that's hurtful mostly to Kevin Herter. Is it hurtful? It is. Mm, cool. <laughs> They just need to send you down to Atlanta just to make puns for everyone. Migos can't hold it up all on their own. They're also homophobic. What? They are. Don't listen to Migos. (laughs) Needs to be said. You're welcome. All right. Now I know. (laughs) Great. Not ideal. You know what is ideal? The NBA. The season of regular has ended, and the season of playoffs is soon to begin, and I'm very excited to talk all about it, but before we do so, we gotta go get all dressed and ready, and super stoked and ready to rock in a little building that we like to call the locker room. Finally, I got laces for my shoes, so I don't have to Velcro them now. Mm, Mine are magnetic. Ooh, that sounds (laughs) different. Mike, that's your credit card, it's just got a Oh no! Man, magnets. How do they work? I don't know. How do they I don't work? know how they It's work. magic. Mike, you know who is magic? Magic Johnson, now that he quit his job that didn't let him be Magic Johnson. That's true. He's really finding himself. <laughs> but you know who knew themselves the entire time? Our new patrons. Leslie Gideon, Jimmy, and Lada Bartova. You're joining the Patreon crew, led by our producer-level patrons, Teal, Misha Stanton, Brianne Wingate, Berger, Skylar Jorgensen, Gladiator Vader, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Akana, Wouter Vandermaiden, Cody Powell, and Mats Furley. You are hollowed in the legends and annals of time, and you don't need to come back and make a whole big deal about it. You just like you're comfortable with who you are. We really appreciate that. Very much indeed. We also appreciate our sponsor. Who's our sponsor this episode, Eric? Our sponsor this episode is Wix.com. Wow. Wix.com, a wonderful place where you can make a website. Hey, the horse website is made with Wix. Wow. That's why it's so pretty. Wow. Wix has a ton of features that you can use for customizing your website. They have over 400 templates, but they are incredibly customizable, which is why Kelly chose Wix as the platform for horse before they even sponsored the show just because it was the best out there. What's great about Wix is that you don't have a time limit on your trial period. So you can take as much time as you need to fully design your entire website, use the templates, customization, whatever it may be. And then when you're ready to finally get your domain name and have it just be pretty and be wonderfulcroissants.com, then you gotta can- look that up <laughs> while, while Mike finishes his ad read. You can upgrade to Wix Premium, which gets you a domain name as well as you can further get upgraded features like custom emails and all sorts of fun stuff like that and you lovely horseheads, you horse listeners can get 10% off a Wix premium subscription when you go 
to horsehoops.com slash Wix. There'll be a little link and you can get 10% off whichever Wix premium package is best suited for you. I think I spelled croissants wrong, but it <laughs> wonderfulcroissants.com is not there. So However I spelled it. It is ripe for the taking. It's an, someone should get it regardless of how I spelled croissants. Moral of the story, go to horsehoops.com slash Wix, get 10% off Wix premium, and make wonderfulcroissants.com yours before someone else takes it. Uh, I also want to make a make good on pronouncing people's names because it's hard. Thank you to our patron, Dustin Mergia. I appreciate your name, and I appreciate you for being kind and telling me that I mispronounced your name. I'm glad that you corrected the pronunciation there because he is one of our now 69 patrons, which is nice. Nice. You know what else is nice? The NBA season coming to a fiery end on April 9th, the last day of the season for some teams and the second to last day of the season for others. It was one of the most bonkers nights in recent NBA memory. There are so many things we could talk about. We could have a full episode about everything that happened alone We're going to focus on the biggest picture, but let me just give you a recap of all the things that took place on April 9th, 2019. Oh, wait, Mike, is this the segment Full Court Press? Get it? Like the news? Yes, I do get it because it's a very good pun that's easy to understand. The first thing that happened on April 9th was Jamal Crawford, who is an old man. He is a 39-year-old man, so in basketball years, he's 87. He scored 51 points off the bench and became the oldest player to drop 50 points at age 39 surpassing Michael Jordan's previous record. Oh. Jamal Crawford has also scored 50 points with four different teams. That's definitely the more impressive stat. Wild. Is it, and like, not that I could do it, but like, how easy is it to score 50 points with the Suns? It's easier than on other teams because you have less good people to share the ball with. Right. Devin Booker does it a decent amount, and then he got hurt, so someone has to score. I'm starting to wonder if Devin Booker is just like the sun and everything just revolves around him in Phoenix. The problem with him being the sun is that the real sun has planets around to support the sun, and Devin Booker's best teammate is a rookie. That's true. So, not great. (laughs) Is DeAndre Ayton Jupiter? He's the largest, so yes. And then this begs the question, is Jimmer Fredette Uranus? I think he is. I definitely think he is. And that's why Alex Len is Pluto, because he's no longer recognized anymore. Because he's on the Hawks. (laughs) You got it. I'm so glad that you got the joke I made. Paul George hit a game-winning three-pointer against the Rockets to bump them down to the four seed and keep the Thunder at the six seed. Mo Harkless hit a buzzer beater against the Lakers. How could you be, Mo Harkless? How could you three, Mo Harkless? (laughs) <laughs> wah, wah. Sorry, I didn't I didn't recognize what you were doing without the auto tune on. Literally every time I see Mo Harkless, that song plays in my head. Anthony Davis wore a shirt that said that's all folks, which we will discuss at length in our that actually happened. I have so many questions. <laughs> Don't worry. Andrew Lopez, beat writer for the New Orleans Pelicans, answers those questions. He would be the person to answer those questions. Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki dropped 30 points each in their last home game for their respective teams. Is this more confirmation that we do live in a simulation of NBA 2K19? How is that possible that they're both going to do that on the last game that they play? And also that's divided by the amount of points that Kobe scored at the end of his last game. The basketball gods are real. Right. And they are true deities. 
And I think that they bless over certain things so that they may happen and, and take shape. And the basketball gods blessed Kobe with the most Kobe game possible. And they have blessed Dirk and Dwayne Wade with good final performances as well. You know, this explains why Walt Frazier exists. Because no one is allowed to have such a colorful garment unless they are a prophet on behalf of the gods. And Walt Frazier definitely speaks on behalf of the basketball gods when he poo-pooed LeBron James for trying to trade his entire team <laughs> and then not sit with them on the bench. He speaks on behalf of the gods. Look where the Lakers are now. Lowe and Walt Frazier said on to the basketball players, yay, keep your friends around you for your friends and your teammates are one and the same. They were splitting and dipping and twisting and whisting in the game. Yay. It's a bad translation I'm reading. <laughs> I was going to say, those are almost words. You know, this used to be Aramaic, and then it went through, and there's a lot of translations. So I, it's really just trying to say You need your little Torah reader stick thing that helps you. Mike, I'm going to give you 10 points towards your Passover points if you tell me what that's called. Anything I say will be painfully offensive, so I'm going to abstain. Yeah, and you got 10 points. Yeah, <laughs> It was a test the entire time. 10 points for Mike. So on a night where all of these bonkers things happened, one was more bonkers than all of the others, and that was Magic Johnson stepping down from his role as president of basketball operations of the Los Angeles Lakers. I, I cannot wrap my head around the events that took place and the reasons. Mike, break them down. Break down each one, because I can't. I cannot. Before we get to the reasons, we should discuss first the manner in which it was done. Oh, yes, for sure. He called an impromptu press conference just in the Lakers facility. Which only like five people in the world can do. He calls an impromptu press conference and talks about how he's stepping down. He has not told Jeannie Buss, his boss, the owner of the Lakers. He has not told Luke Walton, the head coach of the Lakers. He has not told Rob Palinka, the general manager of the Lakers. He has not told anyone. His reasoning was because he was afraid someone was going to talk him out of it. He didn't tell LeBron. I don't think he even told his wife. He didn't tell anyone. Isn't that always a terrible reason? Yes. It's like, if someone could get me to not do this, it's probably not a good thing that I'm about to do. Mm -hmm. So he stepped down, and here were his reasons. One of them was because he didn't feel like the role allowed him to be Magic Johnson. I don't think anything will take away Magic Johnson away from himself. Sorry that your ability to tweet doesn't make you you, dog. Magic Johnson. Don't spoil my I, explanations of other reasons. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. So one of the things he did mention is that he wants to be able to tweet whenever he wants. He said this to Rachel Nichols. He, as president of basketball operations for the Lakers, is not allowed to give compliments to other players because it is a form of tampering. If you are talking highly of other players, it spreads interest in people that aren't on your team. You're not allowed to do this. And he didn't like that he wasn't allowed to tweet about people like Russell Westbrook getting triple doubles and stuff. I just think that doing one tweet saying congrats is not tampering. The Lakers do plenty of other tampering. They just like put money in hotel rooms and have Anthony Davis stumble into them. Like sending a tweet being like, Russ, good job is not tampering. But also just, you don't have to tweet magic. <laughs> like you don't have to. Sorry, I, I've, I'm in too deep where I didn't realize that was an option. No one was thinking, oh, I really miss Magic Johnson tweets. Unless you were saying this insincerely because he used to tweet things that would age very poorly. <laughs> where he'd be like, Alfred Payton's going to be a great point guard. Like He was talking about his hair only, exclusively. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
what it really boils down to, and he didn't say this straight up, but basically said this was this job was hard. Yeah. He didn't put in the amount of work that you need to do it. Mm -hmm. And he had to do a lot of stuff that he wasn't doing. And instead, he just wanted to dick around and be on ESPN shows every now and then to talk about basketball and just tweet about people whenever he wanted and go talk to people and sit courtside and do whatever. That sounds great. You don't need a job to do that. It was his idea to take this job. Like, it's very simple. Magic, what do you like to do? I like to tweet. I like to talk about basketball in a public setting because I'm self-obsessed and I like hearing myself talk and being (laughs) on TV. I like going to various basketball games and I don't like working. Okay, Magic Johnson, don't take the job where you have to work a lot and you can only talk about your own team. I think the thing that was most disturbing about the press conference was that he went from crying, talking about how Jeannie Buss was his sister, how he was scared, like really showing all of these emotions in front of the reporters. But then immediately after, like five Five minutes after and for the rest of the night and the next day, he's like laughing. He seems like someone who got off of death row. Who's like, oh, good. <laughs> they didn't catch me. It's perfect. Yeah, like he's re- it's relief. <laughs> he definitely was relieved. Rachel Nichols even asked him that straight up. Like, do you feel a sense of relief? And he said, yes. <laughs> but yeah, it was very funny that he gives this sad trying to be genuine thing and then 10 minutes later just thinks okay this was good now i can just laugh about it now here was the best quote where uh, I'll, I'll just play it for you i've been talking to people walking here we've been talking about next year and i'm sitting there saying i'm not gonna be here <laughs> like that is incredibly unprofessional that's not a good thing magic no it shows like you're bad at your job mm-hmm. Very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. So that was the most ridiculous thing that happened in a ridiculous night of the NBA. And that was the full court press. Get it? I do. (laughs) But I don't get Magic Johnson. Imagine saying that someone is close to you like a sister, and then you talk to a bunch of reporters about it. Then not tell them important information. Is she actually like your sister? She's like a sister to me, so I told all of you first. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Mike, you're like a brother to me. So I think that we could talk about some manly brotherly issues. Okay. Did you ever try to grow a mustache when you were in middle school? Not in middle school. When was the first time you tried to grow a mustache? I never tried to grow just a mustache, but there was a period when I was living in Oakland where I had to work the night shift at work for a week. So I knew that my hours where I wasn't going to be at work was like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So I wasn't going to see anybody. So I just didn't shave for like a week and a half. How'd that go? I looked gross. <laughs> Growing facial hair is a gambit. Like mm-hmm. you need to know exactly what you're going into. It's like playing poker. Some people go into playing poker and they know they're going to lose $500 that night. Other people know that they're a poker player and they love gambling and they love the thrill of growing a beard. And I think that might be the difference between you and I. It's the only difference between you and I. Yes. There's also... Like hair follicles in your face. That's the only difference between us. I don't know what you're talking about. So I wanted to dive into this. So Mike, I have the three best and the three worst facial hair in NBA history. One, two, three. Three, two, one. Three on three. Nice. I'm excited. Bang, bang. All right. So number three best facial hair in NBA history is Phil Jackson when he was on the Knicks. Good. I like that version of Phil Jackson a lot. Much better. Much better than like the weird, wispy, like silver 
thing that he had on his face. It's better than the how's it going, Phil Jackson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mike, here is the photo that I'm going to use for Phil Jackson that we're going to use as our reference point. It's a very good photo. Look at that face. It will be up at horsehoops.com. Look That's, at that guy. It's a really good one. It's a very thick beard. I think it matches both his hair color. Like I like beards that just looks like one Pantone shade lighter than your hair color, and I think that he's doing that really well. This also fits with like his entire like yoga shit that he has going on. He looks like someone who's going to teach me how to align all of my chakras and then also slam a jamma. Yeah. That was all I wanted to say about Phil Jackson. I love it. <laughs> it was good. I just think he has a nice face. It looks good. It's good. <laughs> all right. Let's move quickly on to number two. Number two, best facial hair in all of NBA. This is Christopher Klaus Anderson, also known as Birdman. Oh, I never knew his middle name was Klaus. His name is Chris Klaus. <laughs> Let's start there. It's very close. You know, he does not look like a Chris Klaus. He looks like Birdman. So I'm, first of all, mm-hmm. good start. Good start. Nickname is all kind of bringing it all together. So for a while, Birdman did not have facial hair. Those of you who do not know who he is, he's an NBA journeyman. He was going through the league from 1999 to 2017. Now, you know, he's playing in the big three league. I do. Uh, Some of the teams that he played on, the New Mexico Slam. Great name for a minor league basketball team. Mm-hmm. Also, the Fargo Moorhead Bees, but the Bees have a Z at the that, end. That's very good. Bees. Shout out Fargo. Shout out Bees. If someone can get me a Fargo Bees jersey, I would be really appreciative of them. The only better thing than Bees with a Z, there's two better. One is Killer Bees. I once saw a Wu-Tang Clan-inspired Killer Bees basketball jersey. <gasps> in a thrift store but it was like a extra small so i had no justification purchasing you can put it on a child or a dog (laughs) and then you name the dog raekwon the dog (laughs) Mm. and the other good use of bees is in cards against humanity this is the only good thing in this game the game is not good but bees with a question mark bees just mm. I amend my statement. Also, the Oprah Bees gif is very good. <laughs> the, the only three better Those are bees. The only three better use of bees. So the other thing you need to know about Birdman is that he is covered in tattoos. Notoriously. Yes, he is now. Was he always not? No, he wasn't. When he came into the league, he was not. I covered this way back in the honorable mention section when we did best and worst tattoos. Uh, But he slowly got more and more tattoos as his career went on, eventually getting Birdman tattooed real big on his neck. You know, it's funny. He's so indelible as a tattooed man in my head that, like, that's just who he is. So this is actually, Mike, that ties directly into what I'm going to talk about, about his facial hair. So because he has big tattoos on his neck, in very bright colors. On the other mm-hmm. side, it also just says free. Here's a fun photo of it. Right. It's free bird on his neck. Yeah. Free on his right, your <laughs> left, so that you can read left if to right. Free bird it. on his neck. And then if you, he has it on the other way, if you want to put it in Hebrew, mm. he has it right under there. It's That's a nice an amendment. I also think he's a big bird on his chest, That too. does not surprise me. <laughs> but his facial hair is great because then he can cover up the neck and then it's a surprise free bird. And also, his beard is very good. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Yeah, he entered an interesting both head and facial career where when he first came into the league, he had very much like a young teenager, just had this big shaggy bowl cut. Mm -hmm. And then in the mid 2000s, when he was a young player, he had this big spiky mohawk. Terrifying. It was very large, very gelled, very shiny. 
And then as he got older, he had a more shaggier mohawk where it's just cut into a mohawk, not necessarily as Liberty Spike-esque. But then he grew out the beard in a very Sons of Anarchy-esque style. Mm -hmm. He looks like he rode to the stadium in a leather jacket on a Harley Davidson. What I appreciate about the facial hair and how it complements everything you just said is that he's going through different stages of toughness. Mm -hmm. It's like, I played for the bees with a Z (laughs) and I'm going to come for your neck. But he yeah. does it. He maintains that as every iteration of his top hair and his face hair. He does a good job of recognizing his age and adjusting his style accordingly. It's very Jeff Goldblum esque, where Jeff Goldblum has always looked great, whether it was like young '80s Jeff Goldblum with the big hair, or like shorter young mid '30s Jeff Goldblum, and now where he's like peak daddy Jeff Goldblum. Man, if I could just age like that, dude, I'd be so set. I think this might be the first comparison ever between Birdman and Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. We did it. Boom. Everyone, come on out, world record holders. <laughs> hey, yo, Guinness. <laughs> yo, Guinness. This Where is you b- at? <laughs> all right. Let us speed on right to the number one best facial hair of all time in the NBA. Mike, this is not going to be a surprise for you. I truly believe. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I truly believe it is the beard himself, James Harden. Yeah, it's real good. I think that it's a commitment to it, and mm-hmm. I think that it's also, like, moved around his personality. He is a little weird, he does something that's different than everyone else, and he maintains a very nice, put-together beard. Like, this isn't Kimbo Slice out here. When you get a beard that is that big, you kind of just get lost in it, but it's now, like, a part of his whole thing. It's one of, if not the most defining hair, beard, whatever characteristics of someone in the league, you don't process it until you see his pictures from his first two years in Oklahoma City when he just had a regular beard that doesn't protrude as much as James Harden's does now. And it's one of those, oh, yeah, that's how James Harden looks. And then you see old pictures and you think, oh, my goodness. Here's a fun uh, photo of James Harden in Arizona where he looks like a literal baby. Yeah, he also has a small head, so the beard actually rounds out the shape of his face better. It makes him look better. Also, there's like studies that say that like that a well-kempt beard makes you like 12% more attractive. I mean, I've read I it. as someone who can't grow a beard, I vehemently disagree. I mean, but I think I, in I, James Mike, it's science, <laughs> I don't know. I just have science from the Beard Institute. James Harden is now indelible from his beard. And you might want to calculate how much that's actually worth to him. So let's think about this. I Does um, he have beard insurance on his beard? You can't get an insurance policy on a beard. Very good question. Darn, cuz I but, know you can insure body parts. Yes. So most notably, you can insure body parts like Dolly Parton has her boobs insured. Sure. Her insurance policy is about a million dollars. Per so boob? In total. Okay, 500000 each. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think that's how it works. Okay, so let's base this off of the endorsement deal that he got with Trolley, the gummy worm company. Mm-hmm. That was supposedly around 17 to $18 million, right? They paid him $18 million to make James Harden gummy worms? They did. And he got his face on a gummy worm. That's too much money. I know, it's a lot of money, but he's a I good face. I don't think people bought $18 million worth of trolley gummies because, oh my God, James Harden, I don't think $18 million worth of people went, I have to eat these. I don't know what the profit margin is on gummy worms, but I think it definitely did something. I mean, it when did... have you ever seen a candy sponsored by buy an athlete that doesn't make me want to buy it it makes me want to buy it i don't even like gummies. 
Then you're the target demographic. I truly am. So there are a lot of sponsorships that he has, like Adidas, EA, and Beats, and Foot Locker, and State Farm, and Body Armor that probably is not due to the beard, but I would definitely say that the trolley gummies is related to the beard because of his weird and funky mm-hmm. uh, personality. Mm-hmm. So if you just kind of figure out the percentage of that, I think that if you're going to insure it against $18 million, I looked this up on the internet, then probably the $1 million that Dolly Parton insured her boobs for would probably fit. See, the good thing about his beard, though, is if he does lose it, it will grow back, unlike Dolly Parton's boobs, unless it is confirmed that she is a lizard. (laughs) (laughs) That went in a way I wasn't anticipating, but good point. (laughs) Great point. Nice facial hair is nice. Bad facial hair is extremely bad. Mm-hmm. I think the bottom three are going to speak for themselves. Number three is someone who has come up on our podcast before, who we love for his philosophical ideas that he puts on national television, but also terrible beard when he was a player that is Bill Walton. Oh, yeah. His was super gross. I think the worst part about it is that it was only on the edges and like not on the front of his face. Yeah. Which is, you know, the front of the face is the place where people see you and talk mm-hmm. to you and like interact. Yeah. Uh, it's not good like it fits his style and his like being lost in the woods for yeah, like three years I'm a hippie whatever dude grateful dead fan etc but the problem is that it's not just like this gangly beard that he just let grow out and kept it not maintained mm-hmm. he shaved off certain parts which means he had to look in the mirror multiple times throughout his life and say yeah that is what i want to look like in the public. On purpose. I think this is like on one hand you have Phil Jackson who's like zen and has this really big like giant beard comes out and like matches his whole aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And on the other side you have Bill Walton who thinks it does but it doesn't. Yeah, it's just wild. Not in the good way. That's true. Stick to tweeting and saying silly things on TV, Bill. Meditate on that, Bill Walton. Ooh, Got that's him. fire. Number two, I feel like I'm kicking someone while they're down. But number two is Adam Morrison's terrible, oh. terrible mustache. Yeah, I feel bad, but it was a really gross mustache. Oh, but he was a two-time NBA champion, so hey, hey he's doing fine. He's doing all right. So you might recognize Adam Morrison from his wonderful time in Gonzaga in 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was picked third in the 2006 NBA draft, and he just kind of busted out journeyman. He was out of the league. He was in all this stuff. And now he just has this terrible mustache. Like, he's a 15-year-old who is not, like, not allowed to shave. Like, your parents are like, I'm going to teach you. When you're older and then that just keeps coming and then you just have this bad mustache like I had in the sixth grade Washington D.C. trip. I know that he probably shaved at least once, but you know how when you first grow your mustache, it's like wispier and not as thick of hairs. It always looked like that. So it always looked like a seventh grader's first mustache that he thought was cool and on purpose left it out. I'm sure he shaved more than once, but it had that light quality, which made it look like he never shaved, which made it look worse. This is something that comes up all the time. Is like, dude, people not tell you when you look bad when you're in the NBA. Like, we talk about this from the dunk contest when John Collins tried to jump over the plane. Are teammates just not as, like, truth-telling as we think they are? I don't know. He didn't necessarily seem buddy-buddy with anyone else on the Bobcats. That's true. So I don't know. I don't really know if uh, Desanya Jop is like, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> that Ray mustache F- looks gross. And Ray Felton comes over and is like, you know, I gotta be straight with you, Adam. <laughs> Those are two real basketball players. We didn't make them up. Number one, I think that this is far and away the worst, absolute worst beard that I've ever seen, probably in my life. Mm-hmm. Definitely in NBA history. This distinct honor goes to Drew Gooden. 
True Gooden. What what fish did he have? Well, Mike, I want you to uh, take a look. At okay. This photo. I don't remember. You have two photos to choose <gasps> oh, from. Right. Oh my gosh, he did do this. It's very bad. So, Mike, what uh, what do you oh, see? Man, I forgot. Okay, so. He has two sections of this beard, the first of which is your classic mutton chop that looks like a quarter pipe from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. And he has it pretty thin. It's not big and poofy. He also has a mustache at about the same length. But then on his chin, I want I want to count to see. Oh no, there are there are eight. Okay. So there's <laughs> There's a figure that looks like a small octopus on his chin. It's a goatee that protrudes from his chin and then is tied up into little individual, like, dreadlocks, so to speak, but of the chin variety. It kind of looks like a ghost tried to eat his face, but the ghost forgot it was very small and could only get around his mouth and then got stuck there. And then his little dangly ghost bits sticking off his chin. He's like young Cthulhu. Like yeah, cool Cthulhu. Not in a good way. He he looks there, less... Is there a good way to be young Cthulhu? Yeah, if it was like bigger and more Cthulhu-y. Like, you know D'Angelo Russell's hair? How he has just like eight really big braids yeah. in his hair? That's like cool Cthulhu. That's true. Okay, cool This Cthulhu. is like tiny and gross because it's on his face. Like, imagine talking to this man and seeing this thing move while he talks not great <laughs> it definitely has an internal structure that is different than drew Gooden's. it's not great so he looks less like a basketball player and more like the bassist in a band like corn yeah he has a bald head and then this gross facial hair he really looks like he should be slapping a bass while someone else alternates between high-pitched singing and screaming <laughs> The other thing yeah. that's very interesting about this photo that you've provided for me is yes, that Mike. the watermark says it is from coolmenshair.com. Where is where the cool men hair? That's where you find it. It really should be on badmensfacialhair.com, which I think is probably still available if you want to use that Wix coupon. Oh, let me hack <laughs> it for the mainframe. <laughs> yeah, quick, buy before we publish the episode. Yeah, that's... That's gross. That's really bad. It's really gross. It is by far the worst facial hair that I've seen. I think my favorite part about the photo from bad men's hair or other things that might grow off of your face.com mm-hmm. is that in the picture, he's doing the horns and he's sticking out his tongue. So he is, in fact, the bassist of a speed metal band. So yeah. great, great identification. I wonder if that was the first day he did it and he really made a point to try to find a press photographer to be like, yeah, I look great. This is really cool. This will age very well. I like to think that there is a bassist out there of like blood's revivalist that wears basketball jerseys on stage. I think that I find that very funny. And it's, but they're only black. And they're only Drew Gooden jerseys. And they're only Drew Gooden jerseys, exactly. So Mike, you, we've taken a tour of the good and the bad, the alpha and the omega, the top and the bottom of facial hair and thank you for joining me thank you for quest. having me i'm glad drew gooden made the top of the worst list because from my vine days there was a, a pretty big viner now turned youtuber slash twitter personality what even is the internet Who internet knows? social media comedian he's he's pretty funny he makes good stuff his name is also drew gooden so every now and then there will be fun twitter interactions where he gets tweeted at thinking that he was the basketball player and they'd be like, oh, you suck at basketball mm-hmm. or in the flip where they tweet at Drew Gooden saying your YouTube videos suck. And I just think that it's a fun little mishap that happens a lot. So everyone tweet to comedy Drew Gooden and tell him that his weird 
facial Cthulhu is bad. Yeah. Listen, I don't think that it would be weird if his benchies were flooded with people who are telling him that his weird dreads on his face uh, was not a good look. Did you just call Twitter mentions menchies? Yeah. Like the frozen yogurt chain? Yeah. That's, that hurts. <laughs> whatever. I'm going to shorten whatever I want. My menchies. Yeah. I'm a- well, it didn't shorten it. Mentions and menchies are both two syllables, and I think the same number of letters. Mike, this is my podcast. I'm it's be our podcast. Mike, I talked to you. Mike, and I talked to you over here. Yes. Like I really don't want. Wow, that was. I don't know why you pointed that out. I think that was really hurtful. I just wanted to say something cool on our podcast. See, the problem was it wasn't cool. No, no, it was really cool. But like the fact that you pointed it out and you didn't, you said it wasn't cool. Was wasn't cool. You feel like very Magic Johnson here, where <laughs> you're saying that it was cool until I pointed it out. Hold so on, you didn't I'm gonna run it by me. Hold first. on, I'm gonna have a press cup. Uh, so like I can't tell Mike. I mean, Mike's like a brother to me, but uh, I'm only gonna say Menchie's when I mean mentions. Don't tell him though. I can't face him. Don't tell him. All right. Well, now we're back to the podcast. And that's the end of three on three. Wow. Well, this is normally the point in the podcast where we would do a that actually happened. And we still are going to do a that actually happened, but it's a little different. It is. I got a beat writer for an NBA team to come on our silly, silly podcast. That actually happened. Uh, does he know we're not a basketball podcast? Well, hopefully he didn't listen to the April 1st episode. Uh, that which was only about basketball, <laughs> as I remember. So I reached out because Andrew Lopez, who is a beat writer for the Pelicans over at the Times Picayune, is very funny on Twitter. And I emailed him about being on the show and he said yes. And we got into a whole bunch of stuff. We cover, as we mentioned, the Anthony Davis wearing a That's All Folks t-shirt. We talked about just what it was like to cover that whole media circus around a team whose best player publicly says they want to leave and really wants to be on the Lakers. And we ended up talking about the two lovely food sponsors of the New Orleans Pelicans, the Smoothie King brand and Zatarans Jambalaya and Rice Company. It was very fun. I'm very excited for you and all the listeners to hear the fun conversation that I had with Andrew. Let's go to that right now. Starwipe. Yay. For this next segment of Horse, what is going to be replacing that actually happened is a fun little interview that we have set up with Andrew Lopez, who is a very fun member of NBA Twitter. More importantly, he's the beat writer for the New Orleans Pelicans over at the Times-Picayune. You can read his articles over at NOLA.com. Andrew, how's it going? It's it's going pretty good, man. Uh, I made it. Uh, I made it through the end of the season. Yeah, this has to be one of the most wild seasons. How long have you been covering the team? (laughs) This was my first year. Oh, wow. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I briefly did some stuff maybe uh, like three or four seasons ago when kind of covering a lot of different things for the paper. But this was my first year back doing it full time. And uh, yeah, man, it was uh, it was one heck of, of an intro into NBA life. I'll tell you, man, these last two months have felt like an entire season's worth, like just just since since January. Right. So l- let's go back to January. So Anthony Davis decides to make a very public announcement that effectively he wants to be traded, you know, right. preferably to the Lakers, but basically just yeah. out of New Orleans. As someone covering the team at that time, like, what is it like when easily the most important player on the roster and potentially in franchise history says, like, I want to bounce? What is the scene like? It's nuts because for a lot of people, this was like deja vu all over again, because a lot of Pelicans fans go back and remember when Chris Paul did this. Right. Even then, when Chris Paul did it, you, you understood it more as a fan, because when CP did it, 
there was question about the ownership. I think the league actually owned the team at that time. That's why you had the famous veto from David Stern because mm-hmm. he was acting as an owner and not as the commissioner, which people always tend to forget that part. But it's an important uh, element. Who wants to get in the way of a good story? But, uh, <laughs> you know, CP at least had those reasonings like, look, I don't even know where this team's going to be. I don't know what the owner's going to be. I don't know if this team's going to move. So deuces, I'm out. Oh, all right, we get that. With AD, it was just basically like, nah, man, I don't want to be here no more. It's like, all right, so where do you want to play? Uh, 29 other teams. Well, what? You mean one, right? Because like that's clearly <laughs> that's clearly what you mean if you're doing this right now and you're doing this so publicly. Like There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Especially right after you have signed LeBron's agent to be your agent. Man, that was, that was very that was, convenient. That was a wild coincidence. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> He just wanted to improve his, improve his brand, man. That's it was his time. That, that was the line from his trade presser. It's it's his time. But man, it it was from from that point on, it was just like hell broke loose. And it was yeah. like, I mean, you can make the argument he's a top three, top five NBA player when he's on and healthy. And we're watching a top five talent sit fourth quarters. We're watching a top five talent play twenty one minutes a night. It, it was ridiculous, man. It was ridiculous, and it was it was just insane to watch. Yeah. Now, one of my favorite things that happened after he made it public that he, you know, preferred to no longer be on the team is that the hype video for the intro <laughs> of the games had him very prominently featured in it, and then there was a new version that basically had him photoshopped out. Yeah. Do you know, like, the person who did that, the team that did that, the decision behind it, how anyone reacted? I thought that was incredible. I, I remember watching it that night because I was like, all right, let's see what they do in the video. And I remember being the one who sat there and went, oh, <laughs> he's, he's not there anymore. Because here was the thing. They had literally just done a new video the game before. No, I didn't realize that. Okay. Wow. The- <laughs> So this is how the Pelicans do it. Usually they'll have two hype videos throughout the year. The first 20 games will get one hype video. And then once they get footage from the season, Mm -hmm. they go to the second hype video. So the game before all of this is when I noticed, I was like, oh, man, look, a new hype video. Let's watch it. And the end of the hype video had the entire team in the front. And then AD came in like the Pelican Mm -hmm. and was like his face was prominently featured. Yeah, it's a very strange video because you're right. It has all of the players, the full length yeah. body, and then the backdrop is just Anthony Davis's face. Right, which is if you're going to be the guy, he's your superstar. Mm-hmm. He is the big face or whatever. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Yeah, it makes sense. And I just remember sitting back watching it going, I wonder what they're going to do with the end of the Wait a second. They kind of changed some clips around. Yeah, because it's – Wait a it's, second. <laughs> oh, my God, he's not there anymore. And Yeah, man, it was – it was crazy. Now, I will say this. The next game, the owner, Gail Benson, was not happy with how that went down. And, and the video was then changed again oh. to where in the next video, there was just now he didn't get any of his highlights like put back in. But there was then nobody at the end of the video. OK, so it was it, it was, didn't have the whole team roster lineup. Yeah, it was just like everybody's gone. That night was like when I knew for sure, like I knew this was going to obviously be a huge deal because it was AD, but that's when I was like, this is going to be a carnival the rest of the season. 
Yes. So speaking of it being a carnival, as the B writer, you're there often, you know, interviewing the players at practices, postgame, etc. What is the vibe around it like? I'm assuming, you know, to use a bird reference, uh, it's very vulture-like. How does that change just from a normal postgame presser or a practice to a meeting with a player who wants to leave very publicly and the fans are upset with him? Like, what's the vibe shift like? I tell you what, man, after a while, we just kind of stopped talking to him. Okay. It was a thing where he was going to give us canned answers. We were, were tired of writing about it. Like, what else were we going to write? Like, the dude's playing 20 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. There was a stretch where a lot of fans thought, like, when he would come out of the game, the team would play better. Because there was, like, I mean, two games in particular where, like, he checked out in the third quarter and the team was down 15 and they came back and made it a game. Yeah. So that was kind of like a storyline. But after that, it's like, like, what are we really going to talk to this guy about anymore? Uh-huh. So you didn't hear much from him until the last pretty much today. There was one interview I think he did last week. But the sense was we're just going to beat a dead horse because that's all we're going to do is just sit here and be like, all right, what do you want to do, dude? Like, uh... <laughs> yeah, it can't be much fun to write the same thing a million times. Hey, man, you, you played 20 minutes again. How does that feel? <laughs> hey, you played 20 minutes again. How does that feel? We kind of backed off of it like all of March. I don't think we talked to him but once because I remember I remember even joking with one of the the staff members at one point. They were like, hey, do you want AD today? And I was like, hey, man, not really. I don't want to use one of my I need AD cards when we're not really we don't <laughs> care. Like, I don't want to make this dude come talk to us and we're, we're not really doing anything today. But like we tried to stay away from it as much as we could toward the end because it didn't matter. Now, the fans. Well, yeah, they they <laughs> cared. They cared a lot. And, and, and right down to the end when he was, you know. A fan was yelling uh, expletives at him mm-hmm. from the stands. And, you know, he, he responds with, with the middle finger. And he, yeah. he even kind of joked about that today. He was like, man, look, other than that one particular incident, he's like, the fans have been nothing but great to me. And I really think he was surprised, dude, to be honest with you. I think he was surprised that he became the villain. Yeah. I thought he thought he was going to be able to go in there and be like, look, I'm sorry, I'm out. And everybody was going to still love him. And I honestly think that's true. And it would have stayed true if he would have been like, okay, I'm dipping. I'm not doing anything. Like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to L.A. I'm hurt for the whole season. If they they would have concocted something like that, A.D. would be still loved in New Orleans. And now I think he's going to go down. And I don't know. I really don't know what the future is going to hold because it wasn't like New Orleans got to tell him goodbye. He missed the last seven games of the season. They didn't acknowledge him at the game yesterday. The only acknowledgement was actually on the Pell's Instagram when they put up the That's All Folks shirt yeah. <laughs> uh, for everybody to see. But next year they're going to boo him, obviously. But mm-hmm. but in the long run, I, I really don't know how they're going to you know uh, ultimately view you know, the Anthony Davis years. Yeah, the problem is twofold. I think part of it is that so much of what happened with the Pelicans is that it was just always injuries and it was always just this team should be good, but so-and-so is hurt or this person's hurt right. or these people are hurt. Yeah. So it's always this lost potential of like, well, are they bad or maybe things are good and you just got to like wait it out. 
I think the other problem is that he very clearly wants to be on the Lakers and be with LeBron. And, yeah. and what came as part of that is that you have to give the Lakers that advantage over the Celtics and some other teams that have interest in AD, like my beloved New York Knicks. The Lakers' only advantage is we have people to trade now, and they need to do it at the right. trade deadline where the Celtics you know, couldn't trade them be- because of the whole Kyrie Irving thing, and the Knicks couldn't because they're waiting for dumb. the pick. I hate NBA rules. Like, I get it. <laughs> God, that was... So I I think the problem is you can't get like a good sign off when you're really trying to get traded by early February and then it falls through. Whereas if he was trying to just do this for the offseason, because like even the Paul George Indiana thing, like people are upset, but it wasn't this ugly. Like, right. It wasn't as bad. That's what it is. And that's what it is. I mean, if he would have waited, it was clearly a power play to try to get him to L.A. Mm -hmm. right then. You can't look at this any other way and not see that. Unless you have the purplest and goldest of glasses on, and I, I, but you went so public with it, it was just so so ugly, and it really turned. I mean, this is a dude who was beloved, and I, there was so many people around the organization. He's changed, and that was kind of the thing you kept hearing. And AD has kind of spun it as, oh, when you go against what the media wants, or when you go against what the fans wants, people say you change. I mean, multiple people around the organization, and look. I got no problem with players wanting to go where they want to go, but I do believe there's a, a way to do it that's a little bit better than what him and Rich Paul tried to do. Yes, he didn't handle it super well or, or gracefully, and part of that is something that happened last night with, where he yeah. on his last night oh, of man. the season and potentially most likely his last with the Pelicans, he wore a T-shirt that said, that's all, folks. And it's such a obvious choice of why he did it but it's also multiple fold because it's the looney tunes and obviously the looney tunes now have an association with lebron james because of space jam yeah. 2 and seeing that lebron had ad on the barbershop is or the, the, the shop. shop which ad the has shop. Yeah. <laughs> ad has no business being on it seems ah yes okay a looney tunes shirt this is thus a space jam shirt and thus this is a lebron shirt LeBron is also no stranger to doing this. After the Cavaliers beat the Warriors, LeBron famously wore a shirt on the Cavs championship plane ride home that said Ultimate Warrior. And when he was interviewed about it, he said it was the only clean shirt left in my bag. (laughs) So in LeBron fashion, Anthony Davis today in the little presser said that he didn't make that choice. It was some stylist and he doesn't pick his own clothes and he just put it on. How did you not pass out from so much smell of bullshit coming out of one human's mouth? Um, because I understood, and, and, and I don't think I maybe I did a good enough job of this on social. Um, I mean, it's a clear troll job. Mm-hmm. Like his explanation of, oh, I, I don't know, somebody just hung it up for me and I just wore it. Really? Because I saw somebody else in the arena with that exact same shirt on that happens to play for the Pelicans. Did you just both happen to have the same person hang up clothes today? Well, I someone don't else know. was wearing the shirt. I, like post game, somebody was wearing the shirt. I couldn't see. Uh... Like it was another. It was another human being in the arena. I think it was a player, but I I didn't. This was coming from somebody who, like another colleague of mine, right. like somebody else was in the arena with this with the a, a black version of that shirt. Interesting. So somebody else was wearing the shirt. Like, oh my god! Like, I mean, it's clear he's he's a troll. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's it's a troll. Like, I don't know who wears my shirts. I don't even know what I wear for games. And then he said, "Big Shot, who is their equipment manager, who's been there for thirty years. He was with the start of the Hornets, and now he's with New Orleans." He said, "Big Shot lays out his his game wear. He doesn't even pick out what he wears during a game." It's just really funny because. 
you know, earlier this year, he's talking about, I think it was on the shop about being the CEO of his own company and, and doing all this. And mm-hmm. like, and now all of a sudden you're going to play the, I don't get dressed by myself card. Come yeah. on, dude. Like this, just say it was a space jam thing. Like, yes, I told some people this today. I was like, you had 18 hours to think of a line that you were going to use mm-hmm. and you picked that one. Come on. The other thing you could do is you could be like, it was the last day of the season. It is yeah. that is all it and like be like I didn't mean a negative message I just thought it was funny. The other thing that I didn't think was very true is that he said he loved the Looney Tunes growing up. And how old is AD? Like he's in his mid twenties. There's no fucking yeah. way his favorite cartoons are the Looney Tunes. I, I was <laughs> I was like, all right, if you say so, man. Like I was disappointed, and I was like. Eighty, you're better than this. Like you could have come up with something better, <laughs> man. Well, and it could have been funny, but alas, it wasn't. So let's get off the subject of AD because you've talked and written wasted brain space enough about him again. There are two elements of the New Orleans Pelicans that make me incredibly happy, and it is their food-centered sponsors. Now, we have already talked in previous episodes, of course, we did a ranking of the best jersey sponsors, and I thought that New Orleans being sponsored by Zatarans is absolutely choice and couldn't be more perfect. The other thing that's more perfect is there. there's no touching the Smoothie King Center as Yuck. the name of the arena. How deep does the smoothie run? Are there Smoothie Kings in the arena? What's the best flavor? Do players drink a lot of Smoothie King? I want to know how much like influence the Smoothie King there, brand has okay. on the team. There, there, there was a deal that was not there before. There is a Smoothie King in the arena. Okay. There's also a Smoothie King like right across from the practice facility, mm-hmm. which I think happened again after the deal was made. I don't think it had anything to do with it, but I do know for a fact that there are interns who run smoothies in game. Like the opposing like TV and radio folk can can get their choice of smoothie in game. Nice. Because uh, I've seen them running around with like a tray of four, like you know walking around the arena and like they used to do stuff like staff would get like a 150 dollar gift card or something ridiculous like something you completely do not need for <laughs> a smoothie king like you do not need that much fucking money for a smoothie king <laughs> and then they would have them on these cards like oh yeah here like cool zatarans is like one of the big in-game sponsors and you got a you know one of the games is like name five ingredients in gumbo name five ingredients oh in my Jambalaya. goodness yes um, <laughs> It's kind of fitting for how things have kind of gone that all that kind of goes down in there. I think it's fantastic. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I'm, I, it makes me so happy to know that there are a lot of smoothies and Zatarain stuff in play. I just, oh, gosh, I love it. There needs to be more fun sponsors. Like the whole Quicken Loans Rocket Mortgage thing for the Cavs makes me incredibly sad. I want more Rocket Mortgage more. Center. Yeah, they're changing the name to the Rocket Mortgage Center, which I just still never think that you should be able to get a mortgage on an app. Like that seems illegal. That I, I It's probably bad. I don't know if that's the way I would go with it, but if Keegan-Michael Key says so, maybe I'll do it. (laughs) So in the aftermath (laughs) of AD leaving and stuff, do you think that there would be any sort of rebrand or reinitiative of like the team look and stuff? Because I always thought they should just always have the Mardi Gras colors. I loved that one of the jerseys this year was that Mardi Gras color scheme on it. Do you think that there's going to be any sort of initiative to like really break free, much like an ex in a relationship and like get a new hairdo or start going to the gym? Are are the Pelicans going to try to get a facelift? Normally, I would say yes. But in this case, I'm going to say no. I mean, they just rebranded the team into the Pels, what, 
six seasons ago now. Something like that. The owner, Gail Benson, when she was married to Tom, Tom passed away last March. Gail's the one who picked out the color scheme for the team. Mm-hmm. So the only thing maybe they do is they kind of go with the red as the prominent color now and, and maybe do some things like that. But I, I don't see anything as like a rebuild, like a rebrand or like new uniforms or anything like that. And even when Nike had the chance to redo everything, everybody was kind of getting a little bit of upgrade here. Maybe you change your striping, you do this. They like copied their stuff like straight over from Adidas. Mm-hmm. I want to see them with like an alternate court. I think they have one of the better courts in the league because yes. of the the Pelican inside the three-point lines. Mm-hmm. If they're going to go back to Mardi Gras again for their city jerseys next year, I'd like to see some sort of Mardi Gras-themed court. Because when you do the Mardi Gras uniforms, it's it's unique because you only wear them during Mardi Gras season. Mardi Gras season doesn't start until January 6th. Yeah. So in the first two months of the season, everybody else can wear their city uniforms. And you're like, no, I got to wait. <laughs> so when you go for it, go all out. And right. Just go crazy. Go crazy with everything. So everybody's going to these alternate courts. You saw it in, in like Sacramento the other night when they wear the light blue mm-hmm. uniforms. They they have a different court design. Miami's is the best when they go oh vice. Oh, my God. Gosh. I, I want that to be their permanent color scheme. Everyone so does. The world does. If you don't, I think you're just you're a, you're a bad person if you don't <laughs> want that as their, their color scheme. But like do something like that. Like have a purple, green, and gold court. Yeah. Do stuff like that. If you're going to have a city uniform next year that's not Mardi Gras, make it black and gold. Make it the Saints. You're already the same owner anyway. Right. I don't think she'll do that now because I think she really wants to kind of force separation part. But, like, they'd sell. I mean, it's going to be easy. (laughs) Have a black and gold court. I just don't see them actually changing anything because Gail picked the colors and Gail picked the name. So that that ain't going nowhere. And that's fine. You can treat it like the way Miami does where they wore their – alternate Miami Vice colors so much this year that it almost felt like I feel like most of the games I watched they were either wearing the black ones or the pink ones with the Vice layout more so than so, the regular ones. God, those are so nice. They're amazing. They're all beautiful and hopefully they'll change their color scheme soon. Can you imagine what the blue ones are going to look like next year? Oh, it's going to be very good. It's going to be very, very good. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you've got some dinner to wrap up, but <laughs> before we sign off, is there any any other like tidbit, little fun note, little behind the scenes, anything from this Pelican season in your time covering the team that would be fun to share for an audience of people that are invested in the entertaining aspect of basketball? Does anybody want to know how I stole a dozen donuts from the media room this morning? Yes, <laughs> everyone does. It's not that big of a story. They just ordered way too many. They, we had uh, exit interviews today. Right. Um, so today's Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know when we're putting this up, but today's Wednesday for, for the purpose of this story. Right. Yeah, and, we're recording uh, on April 10th. We came in for exit interviews. Now that the regular season is over and we came, we got in at like nine and usually they don't do stuff till 10. There was like five dozen donuts that they bought for media. Nobody knew. So everybody like either ate breakfast or stopped and got something. So when we finished, there was just a couple of boxes left. You don't want to see a box of donuts go wasted. Of course. So I just wanted to do the proper thing, which I thought (laughs) is, you know, the humane thing. Uh, And I just made sure that a box of donuts had had a nice home to go to. I mean, that's, that is just the true act of selflessness right there. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> stand to see a homeless box of donuts. And honestly, dude, it's been such a weird season. It's been, it's been so fun outside of AD stuff. It's just been fun to actually get back into the NBA and, and cover this. Like I remember watching like everything that's going on on Tuesday night in the NBA, AD's Jersey, Dirk, Wade, 
Jamal Crawford, Magic Johnson, Magic, Magic, Magic floored everybody. I don't know what happened for like a good six minute stretch of of that Pels game because everybody on press row was just like, what Mm -hmm. the fuck? Like what (laughs) the, like what just happened? And like everybody's huddling around other people's computers and we're all trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Like this is just a fun league to cover. And I don't think. Like you get different aspects of like baseball and, and and you know football and things like that, but I don't think like just the pure fun is in any other sport. And I just love that so much about the NBA. Yeah, I agree. That's why we started this podcast, and that's what we're trying to tell everyone is just it is so wild. There's so many things that happen every single night that you can have a night like April 9th where just twelve bonkers things all happen in the same three hour span and then you look at the clock you know three hours have passed and you're still trying to process everything that happened so i am glad that you were able to be a part of that in multiple areas whether it's the that's all folks the magic or what have you and i'm glad that this morning you were able to steal some donuts or give donuts a new home (laughs) <laughs> Give donuts a new home. I've already given one a new home inside my stomach. The others will soon follow. That's very but good. <laughs> well, I, I, I just, I had to do it, man. I just had to. That's the right thing to do. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining listeners. If you want to check out Andrew on Twitter, it's at underscore Andrew underscore Lopez. Got some great stuff. I think the way I came across your Twitter was that the coverage of the video Photoshop happening. So probably <laughs> it, it, it probably was. If you do go to my Twitter now, uh, the pin tweet is actually a story about Jaleel Okafor overcoming anxiety and depression to kind of reclaim himself as a rotational player uh, in the NBA. Go check that story out. I promise not everything is going to be serious. There will be, uh, you know, fun stuff as well. But check that one out. And next year when we get to Pell season, I'll let you know what the video looks like then, too. Yeah, sounds good. I'm excited. Yeah, well, uh, thanks again so much for joining and uh, sharing all those fun stories. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Force. Force is hosted by Eric Silver and Mike Schubert. It is edited and mixed by Eric Silver. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The music is by Bettina Campomanes. The art is by Alison Wakeman. And the website is by Kelly Beckman. Special thanks to our producer-level patrons, Teal, Misha Stanton, Brianne Wingate, Berger, Scholar Jorgensen, Gladiator Vader, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Akano, Woucher, Vandermaiden, Cody Powell, and Matt Furley. And thank you to Andrew Lopez of the Times-Picayune for taking the time. We promise we're a basketball podcast. Mm-hmm. You know who... Also knows that we're a basketball podcast. Our parents. And yes, exactly. <laughs> and also the people on social media. All right. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Horse Hoops, and you can find us on Twitter at Horse underscore Hoops. Because as we say in every single episode, it's because Horse Hoops wanted to quit its job, and Horse Hoops was banned. All right. Just yeah. let me tweet. Can I tweet? <laughs> I just want to tweet. I just want to tweet from the preferred handle, which we can now never get because we saved this in all the episodes. I just want to tweet from at Horse Hoops. If we ever do get at Horse Hoops, we will have to make it horse branded for the podcast, but then put like, we're banned. You can also find us on our website, horsehoops.com, where you can find extended episode descriptions, which in this case are pictures of terrible people's beards. Yes, it's very important for this episode, but it's also a very pretty website. And if you want bonus content, such as Overtime, where Eric and I talk about basketball things, five on five, where we turn the three on threes and show our honorable mentions, or video streams of me kicking Eric's butt in NBA 2K, you're getting better, champ. Or exclusive merchandise like stickers and jerseys, which we're putting into production, you can head on over to patreon.com slash force hoops mike do you know who i love like brothers and sisters me and my sister 
No. Okay. It's Multitude. All right. Okay. Multitude yeah. is an audio collective of awesome people who make awesome podcasts about the things they love. That does not mean that we can't be critical of them. That is horse. That is join the party. That is Potterless. That is spirits. And that is Waystation. If you want to find us on the internet, you can go to multitude.productions or at multitude shows on Twitter. And if you want to make your podcast better, just reach out to us and we can do that for you because we're a business in that way. And as we end every episode, we put our hands in the middle and say something in the count of three. And I think it's only fitting given Anthony Davis's shirt choice that we say, that's all, folks. Got it. Yep. That's where we can do it. One, two, three. That's all, folks. I could see. <laughs> it was in the audio video, but you could see it said acne. Ah, but I missed the roadrunner. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>